0: Hey guys, Bryce here from Flex Cortex. All content on the Flex Cortex podcast is for educational and entertainment purposes. It is not a substitution for medical advice from a qualified health professional. Thank you and enjoy the podcast.
1: this week's episode of flex cortex say you've listened to the past 11 episodes and now you're interested in looking into the process of starting up your own gym well you're in luck today we are joined by mr ian mckay ian will give you some insight and advice on opening a small business and some important aspects that are often overlooked let's kick it off
0: hello
2: how is everyone doing today
0: (laughs) we're good man we're good we're always good when we get to talk to you
2: yeah
1: it's it's uh great having you on again
2: Yeah, absolutely so so excited to be back and this is this is definitely a a a topic i'm interested in well versed in but did not know how to do it when i when 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 you would ask me a year ago or two so i'm very excited (laughs) to be talking about it
1: yeah that's that's why we really want to talk to you about it because like um that's being an adult as we kind of talked about in the uh pre pre pre-show uh little ramble is just like we don't know how to do these things so if we can like you know, use some of your knowledge uh, and the people at home can use some of your knowledge then maybe the uh, growing pains won't be as uh, intense.
2: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, if I can help, that's what I'm here for. Yeah. But, <laughs> all right, we will,
0: we will kick it off with the first question. Um, so for somebody wanting to get into starting their own business, what are some of the main challenges that you say you faced when making fitness your career?
2: That's like, myself and I think that's important to always like look at it as your own like thing that you do like even you know Bryce I'm sure you're getting into it anything is it it's all independent on how you do it like for myself I moved to Manitoba and I wanted to I just started at like a snap fitness right so I I think that that really is the most important thing is to start with like a structure like in a in a gym you don't have to but I know that that definitely helped me to where I am now have other people structure the expectations and then you can kind of meet those because that was my challenge is like I don't know if you know this, but personal training can be done a million different ways, right? Let alone opening a gym or anything like that. Like it's kind of your identity is also into it, but you're also an emerging person. So that was probably my biggest challenge is like, what really, what really did I want to do with people? Like, was I just there to get them to burpees, get sweaty? Did I really want to help people? Like those bigger questions are more or less what I struggled with. And then just being able to like sell clients. Right. Like that's 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 the biggest thing, like the reason that people want to work with you is you. And uh, I I didn't have a lot of confidence. So I think by building up the the things that kind of drive your confidence and that you feel confident helping people with and competent helping people with, um, that was probably the hardest thing for me to get started, at least.
0: Yeah, yeah, I would say. I would agree with starting out with PT that the first like major issue is just confidence Mm -hmm. coming out of school because you feel like you don't know anything. So you're trying to ask people for money and you're like, hey, would you mind passing me 10 grand or do you mind passing me five grand? And it's like it's ever it's ever so like nonchalant. And uh, I know like that was my issue, too. Like I struggled with that. And I think it came down to, like you mentioned, are you confident with what you're offering to them and are you confident with the experience that you have and the service mm-hmm. you can provide um, i feel like it's gotten a lot better now that i'm at snap this time around but man at good life it was funny i was actually talking with my old boss recently and uh it took me like 26 consults to get my first client at like yeah, at, uh, good life instagram started like 20.
1: yeah i did too yeah like
0: like like 26 i was like mm-hmm. that's insane right And my, my first consult at, uh, at Snap, I, I got it. So I'm like, that obviously just shows that confidence and experience and time. Right.
2: Absolutely. And like that, it's, it's almost like, and you, you can't, you can't sell things in confidence. Like you can't, you can't not believe in yourself and then sell yourself like that. And that's a really hard thing. And I'm not a huge, I wasn't a huge confident person. Like I wasn't an athlete that knew that I was fucking incredible or anything like that. Right. I was just a guy that was really interested in this kind of stuff. And it's it's okay to have apprehension. It's not okay to sell yourself short. Right. And, and there was lots of times that I trained people for free and I do. And I think you sh- you should do those things as well. Like you should put yourself out there not because you're not worth money, but to kind of grow your roots, so to speak, kind of set your, set your roots a little, a little in the ground before you dig deep. And like you said, when I, I worked at a good life too, and it's hard to be like, you're going to pay me this amount of money. You're not going to pay me, but you're going to pay a good life. And then it, it sounds like you're paying yeah. for an expectation. And especially when it's their goal, that's what they're expecting on this outcome can I deliver you 40 pound weight loss if that's quote-unquote your goal well that's hard to say because I just met you I don't know what you're even like I know my education on human physiology how to understand that but the relationship you create with people is really I think that was my biggest struggle is you have to be a people person and it's not to say I'm not but you have to be an intimate people person like Tanner being you know working in healthcare, that that's kind of your gig too right
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. It's all about the, uh, the confidence that you don't really have. Um, uh, honestly, uh, just like PT, you, ha- you have to like fake it till yeah. you make it.
2: Oh dude, talk totally. reassurance is such, and I, and you're not really, yeah. it's, it's a really, you, you do know what you're doing, but you've never been able to test it. And I think that's, that's, yeah. that's the thing is you did attend school. You have the knowledge basis. Experience is going to be the best teacher Apprehension is normal, and I think that's something when you are wanting to get into any career, but PT especially, because you're dealing with people's vulnerabilities, um, you really have to walk in with the confidence that you want to help someone. Can you? Do you know how to? You'll figure that out just by having conversations with them, because in, in the end of the day, as a PT, your job is to help people understand that they can help themselves, and you're just there with with education, guidance, and, and, and to offer... And instill forms of discipline and, uh, and and kind of grow their capacity within themselves. So, don't put everything on you. You don't have to answer all their questions. You just have to be at their side.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that was my issue too when I first started PT. Is like you're you're so focused on just trying to make a sale. So you're like you said, right? You're like you're almost promising them that forty pound weight loss. When, like, you don't you don't know if you can deliver that. Like, can you for sure make sure that they're eating, that they're sleeping, that they're doing everything that they can when they're not there with you? Because, like, you're only seeing them for, like, let's say three hours a week, right? Or, like, maybe four hours a week And sometimes
2: over-promise, so, right? Like, if you're not, if, if you yourself, like, that's the idea of, like, even a niche market. And, like, not even selling their goal, but kind of just selling them that you are there as their, you know, confidant and to that you're going to get the right resources to them at the right time. But overselling in the sense of like if you oversell you just create work that you might not even be good at that isn't going to help them but you're going to have to do and now you're overwhelmed right if you're not someone who wants to deal with nutrition it's okay you can be out the gate with them you don't have to be the full package you don't have to be a pt a nutritionist and a quasi chiropractor you can just be you and sometimes that's what people want is someone that they confidently can trust and that is willing to acknowledge their ignorance and their ignorance is what they grow from
0: yeah, it's actually, it's funny you mentioned that, like, the consults that I sold the most through Good Life were the ones that I went the most off the mm-hmm. script. So, like, like I've, I, because there's always, like, a way that they want things done and it's, like, the commercial way or it's, like, the Good Life way of things. Um, and most of the time they work, but when it comes down to it, like, I always felt too mm-hmm. salesy doing it. So, as soon as I, I went the route of just, like you said, talking to them like they're a freaking human being. And like that they actually have, you know, goals and feelings and you can that you can actually help them and figure out like why they're there, that's crucial and that's key, versus just like, Oh, you wanna lose forty pounds? Sweet, cool. Yeah, we'll happen, we'll make that happen. But like asking those deep questions and being like, Well, like why do you want to lose forty pounds? Like, is it for a trip? Is it for a wedding? Or like let's say they mention a, a boyfriend or a girlfriend or they're wanting to get back into dating, right? So you got to figure out like why and how you can actually help them mm-hmm. outside of that. I feel like that's Absolutely.
2: crucial. And even like the deeper why, of like what's your health? What's your future? What's your... And sometimes that can like, you don't really... I'm always afraid of like people doing like sales pitches where it ends up being like, I'm going to tell you that you're damn near dying. Like that's not... Don't don't reach on people's vulnerabilities. If they have a problem, you have a solution, but don't create a problem to give them a solution, right? Like that that's really hard. And sometimes yeah. those sales pitches... Are somewhat that they pry on the vulnerability, and then they sell a solution instead of you know giving them strength and 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 helping them grow into that. But again, that's just my method. Um, I don't think there's a right or wrong, and that's the thing of finding your individuality and bringing your own identity out is very very key. And it's uh, it's before I open my facility it was actually i worked at a uh, aboriginal first uh, like a first nations health access center and uh it it was really hard because you were kind of trapped behind and i'm sure tanya you can speak to this a little bit of bureaucracy you can't really be as caring as you can be and i think that's really important because it's you don't want transference like even as a personal trainer you don't want tra- transference yeah. you don't want people to think that you're their messiah or that you're going to be solving all their problems or that you're a cathartic outlet right but at the same time, if you can't yeah. be more vulnerable with them, they might not be vulnerable enough to achieve what they need to do.
1: Oh, 100%. It's a, a huge, uh, not necessarily problem in healthcare, but it's it's something you always have to keep in mind with the professional boundaries. Mm-hmm. And like, uh, the thing about like, clients, uh, and it kind of relates to PT and healthcare, is that like, you know... There's so many different challenges that like you said, you can't be necessarily their chiropractor, their nutritionist, their uh, therapist, Mm -hmm. you know, and being honest about that and, uh, well, go a long way with the clients and then relying on, you know, the different professionals out there in healthcare, at least in Canada, you know, you don't have to pay for, you know, a physio consult too, but like, it's important to utilize your chiropractor, your, uh, PT's, uh, personal trainers your physiotherapists um and like it's such a broad diverse thing that we might like as an rn i might have the knowledge to do a lot of those things at a very basic level but sometimes you need that little bit of extra help from the actual professional who you know literally studied pt for you know, a two years master's instead of me who, you know, we talked about a little bit in anatomy and then a little bit in this other class, but never really focused on it, you know, yeah,
2: referrals, referrals, everything. Yeah, And it's kind of like at the end of the day, it's also nice to give a client or a patient, a team, this, this, this sense of 100%. embodying people who care about me on it. One, it takes the weight off you as the individual provider. And then they can, you know, not hold other people to expect expectations, but they expect less from you, but they feel like they're cared for across a diversity of disciplines. And I think PTs don't do that enough because we're not really, we're not really anything, no offense, but we're not really something that's like regulated or anything. So we feel like we need to prove our worth as what we can do. So we're just this wild, wild west of like, I'm going to do soft tissue. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And it's like, no, no, there's a reason that you can do, Hmm. you can do the right things with the right words. But if you overstep those boundaries, you might actually make someone believe that, you know, well, I went to a, I went to a trainer that did physio stuff and physio didn't help. No, you went to a trainer that was an asshat. And then <laughs> now you think physio doesn't help. That's not the same thing. Go see a physio, right? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. They, people try to be a one-stop shop. Burns stuff. And itself. like, don't act like, don't act like you know what to do if you don't know what to do. Like you said, the power the power of referring out is huge. I think we talked about that with uh, Rachel. Yeah, I believe Ted. Yeah, we did. So we talked about the the power of being able to refer out, and it actually shows your character, and it shows that you have respect mm. for
2: them too, versus just like wasting their time and taking their money. And you get to learn. Like if you create a good atmosphere with your referral partners, they might be like, you know what happened? Like, you, and as long as you have the permission to talk to those if, if you have a good relationship and you're willing to share the information for the patient client confidentiality you know those types of things you get to learn a lot and you it doesn't mean you get to make it applicable but you get to you know next refer and, and have a really good assessment when they go into that pt or person or um, physiotherapist yeah. and things like that you can kind of be like this is what i saw not to step on your toes but this is why i'm sending them right instead of just being like i don't know go see this yeah. person mm-hmm.
1: yeah and you, you know <laughs> specifically what they might need from a yeah. pt um, and it's the same practice in uh, for like uh, family doctors in general medicine, mm-hmm. is that mm-hmm. you're looking at you know like oh well because like your family doctor has a lot of the same basic knowledge that a specialist would, but a specialist really specializes and mm-hmm. why they're called specialists. So you know knowing that oh this might be X Y Z is important to actually know, okay, then the specialist who specializes in something like mm-hmm. this, will better able to treat you and explain everything and kind of go from there. Yeah.
2: And like, I guess to kind of summarize that Absolutely. like main challenges when you're starting a fitness career, narrow it down, narrow down your passion, right? If you really just want to be, you know, doing these things, do those things. And then once you're really good at that, maybe diversify a little bit, one step at a time, but you can't be the everything all at once. So just be a personal trainer And don't sell yourself too high and burn yourself out or don't sell, don't sell shit to people. Right. Like just, just be yourself. Yeah. And I did that wrong. I guess is my answer. (laughs) I I was like, I got to do everything. So I'm, I'm speaking from the experience of being that asshat as well.
1: Yeah. I think uh, everyone's got to find their own Mm -hmm. way, but you know, you did eventually find, uh, one of your passions in the fitness industry and opening your own gym. So what are, what's kind of general process you went through to, uh, Get that open
2: you know what it was it, oh, man. i it's such a well just my life in general i think we all do uh, it's a strange story i didn't know i was going to um especially because i didn't i moved back to fort francis like a small town and and it, there's gyms here like we have a recreational facility we have another really amazing establishment energy energy fitness here um but i i am someone who wants to dig a little bit deeper so sometimes when i'm on like the gym floor with people in the rec center and there's like gorillas of men and you know i'm trying to train a hockey player i'm trying to train someone who's a little apprehensive to go to the gym um i was like okay well this isn't really working because they're so caught off guard by being in this like anxiety driven atmosphere of people knowing what they're doing or perceiving such as we talked about previously and we're just not sure what we're doing but yeah but it, that confidence factor, they come in with low confidence and they look around at all these people with like Ugo confidence and it's like, oh, wow. So I wanted to open Reflection Studio because it's like I want people to have a moment a space where they can reflect on what they're really trying to accomplish. Maybe not lose the 40 pounds. Losing the 40 pounds is part of the process on reflecting on the bigger goal. So that was kind of the premises of opening my own facility. Um, how I did it was a whack a kind of way as I do everything. I'm just impulsive. Um and basically it was, uh, it was like, like I said, I was working at a um, Aboriginal health access center here in Fort Francis and uh, amazing place to work. But I kind of felt like, not to say stifled, it was an amazing place to work, but it, w- it wasn't able to feed my passion the same way as a health educator. You're teaching cooking, you're teaching exercise, all the things I did, um, but maybe not the same connection you can have because you're behind, you have to respect the bureaucracy in the profession. Um, whereas I get to be Ian when I run my own shit show, right? So it's, it's a little bit <laughs> yeah. easier um so i did that and then i quit that job and then i started to work for our first nation communities around here as just a coach that goes up and i work within their facility or help them build a facility for themselves so i got into like building gyms for other communities around here um so that helped me get in touch with like dealers of equipments and like bells of steel and just different people that i work with um and and then from there i went into being like okay well if i'm building these places and i'm traveling up here Maybe I need a place to drop all this equipment off. So then I looked for a warehouse and I'm like, well, why don't I, you know, build, have this warehouse as well as, you know, open a small personal training studio here. So it all just kind of like flows together out of what was taking place. But I think that creative impulsivity is the most important drive for me because it did. It didn't come with, you know, confidence. It came with possibility. Right. So. That was something for me is, is the process was not something I can be like, well, first I sat down and I looked at, you know, the financial commitments I wish. And my wife wishes, like everyone wishes, (laughs) it would have been so much easier, but I don't think I would have done it had I done that.
1: Yeah. I think like, you know, the other thing that you kind of did that I think a lot of people will, you know, make the mistake of is you, you got into it a little bit, uh, in a, in a weird way, uh frankly Mm -hmm. but in a way that also let you like implement small steps so you didn't go out and you know drop a hundred thousand dollars on state-of-the-art equipment on a you know 20,000 square foot studio if that was only a hundred thousand dollars that'd be great um but you know like you you took it at a small like kind of small steps really is what i'm kind of getting from it it
2: was about a seven month span um, maybe a year because I was still working at the, the health access center. And then I was working at their rec facility as I worked at the health access center. I was also training at our public gym here. Um, so I already had that and I was training sports teams. So I kind of had that again, being in imp- And I think this is an important thing to note is if you are in Toronto and you're in a greater area, the ability Well, one, the cost of living is high. The cost of living is a little bit lower in smaller communities, but I'm also not a flooded opportunity. I'm one in like what, six personal trainers in my town. So it's like, it, yeah. it's not that whole, the, the whole atmosphere does change for me. Um, because I'm, I'm, I'm not in a flooded uh, environment in that way. And yeah, so it, it, it was kind of like, I had the opportunity to what takes a long time in one place didn't take that long, but it was incremental steps for sure in the, in the possibility that bubbled up. Um, with the confidence that came around from just exploring new realms, right? Like I said, ordering equipment is very different than training someone um, and building and, and establishing like a new gym for places. So once I built a couple gyms for our First Nation communities, I was like, well, I could just build my own gym. Obviously, I know what I'm doing. So it was like, yeah, you kind of need to take those incremental steps and, and explore what you can do with your with your skill sets.
1: Oh, 100%. Yeah.
0: yeah. Hmm. It sounds like a very a very long process, but yeah, it's good though. Like Tanner mentioned before, it's you broke it up, so you also broke up the costs as well instead of having that massive lump sum at the very beginning, and right? I
2: think, yeah, Tanner, I think, you, yeah, like, and that's it, Bryce. And I think Tanner kind of hit on it, is you don't really want to go – you want to know what you're getting. Like I did sit down and look at like, okay, there's this sports teams, there are these types of things I can do, this is how much I can charge for that. So on a monthly basis, if I run these things, like you do have a business structure, and I think that's the most important thing is – Lay out many potential avenues of revenue and then look at them and be like, okay, so if I just did this and a pandemic doesn't hit, but if I just did this, would it allow me to, you know, at least get my overhead covered? And then what do I need to do on top of that? So it is really important to go into it, be like, what am I already good at? What can I charge for that amount? And how many people can, how many people on a minimum and a maximum can I put through this size of facility? And what can i expect and and what's the turnover rate of that like how much you know how much are you going to turn people over and lose people and gain people like there's a lot to really think about but the most important thing is think about how much you want to lose right don't don't think about how much you want to gain because that's that's great to have optimism but you really have to think like i what are my bare minimums i have to hit to survive and then be like, okay, that's something I'm willing to like take a risk of investment on. And then be like, okay, now let's look at the more optimistic side of things. What can I gain? And you really have to weigh those things out because I think too many people you get lost in the in, in the passion of it. It's like I'm gonna build this thing. Oh my god, it's gonna be amazing. Everyone's gonna love it. If I build it, they will come. No, fuck no. There's lots of people out there they could go and see. <laughs> yeah. Well, and
1: that's the thing too, like um keeping that in check is gonna stop you from buying, you know. Like there's tons of great equipment mm-hmm. out there, but You know, buy the squat rack before you buy like the, uh, you know, chest press machine and then all these other machines. Right. Like stick to the fundamentals because the business has to make sense. Right. And, you know, sure, that chest press machine might uh, pay itself off in far off the future. Because enough people are like, oh, I want to go to this gym specifically because they have a chest press machine or something like that. But that's not going to happen very often.
2: And so you kind of you, know, you have to. It's, yeah, for sure.
1: It, it takes time. Exactly.
2: And you kind of have to know that you're not catering yep. to a niche that's already served. Right. Like as, as amazing as you think you are, you kind of have to know that like you're you're hitting your niche um, and you're, you're not in a high competition suit. Like a lot of people want to compete. But there's like, a, oh, I can't remember who says it, but like the red ocean versus the blue ocean. A lot of people get involved in business business in like the blood, like the blood ocean. It's just covered in red. Everyone's trying to kill each other. Why don't you just go into a niche that you have wide open water, right? Like find your own yeah, little thing exactly. and swim long and swim far, like wherever you want to go. But if you're trying to do the same thing everyone else is doing, you're officially doing the same thing everyone else is doing. And I'd much rather pay a yearly gym membership at a commercial gym that has a chest press machine than go and see a personal trainer, this
1: yeah it's so. very true because like you know like the other thing is it and it's the same thing with the red ocean mm-hmm. basically is that the big business can make costs lower because they have economies of scale yeah. right so when you have a hundred clients uh versus like maybe you only have 30 as a personal trainer or these commercial gyms which have thousands you know your your cost of that equipment is spread over you know that many people instead of being just you know those 30 clients yeah. and they also have that you know, uh, that pool of funds to ha- help pay for, you know, unexpected maintenance costs and expansion stuff that a lot of these small business owners, including yourself might not have access to. Right. Exactly. So finding that niche sounds like a, a good way to, you know, uh, not necessarily step on any toes and not really compete yeah. per se, but, uh, kind of act as an adjunct, like, Oh yeah. Like you know more. You can do more sports training in an environment that's a little less uh, anxiety driven and where you can kind of reflect, like you said. Yeah.
2: and like that was my thing is I I train people to go and work out at other gyms. You're coming here. I'm training you for the education, your movement proficiency, giving you a t- titrated process of your goals. You come and see me once a week. Come and see me once a month. So then you don't have the high cost of expectation of seeing a personal trainer. They give you a knowledge basis. People get an app when they come here. It gives them all of their. Nutritional course guidance. There's edu- uh, there's the the videos of everything. So once you do it here, you also get to reference that on your app. Your workouts on there. So it's like I have something that you. It's like coming and getting a an haircut every month. It's like you just come. I show you how to do it. If you need it in the beginning, it's a little more frequently. And that's like hey, no go into another gym, and and own that. But you're gonna walk into that gym with confidence because you've done it here, when your anxiety wasn't as high. And you can't learn in anxiety. So that was kind of the whole principle. Is I wasn't so much a gym. I was a personal training facility, sports training facility. And if I wanted to have open gym floor, I could, that's my, that's and my I, niche.
1: I love that. Yeah. Cause you know, I'm competing with anyone that is such a, exactly. And like, it is such a thing in the healthcare industry for where it's privatized and also the fitness industry. It's like people want to build this, you know, almost reliance on them. But I love when personal trainers, uh, you know, are actually building a foundation so that they become obsolete eventually. And that, that's the same thing with nursing. Not that it's going to happen, not that it's going to happen with PTs either, but you want to build your clients up so that you become obsolete eventually.
0: Totally. Yeah. 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 They, they, sh- they shouldn't need to be with you eventually, right? Eventually. And that's what I tell all of my clients now too. Like you're with me right now, but eventually I don't want you to be.
2: Yeah.
1: You're like, love <laughs> to see you. I don't want to see you again.
2: No, it's like you want to create that. Yeah, for sure. And and, like, I'm aware of what I need to do because of what I've been taught, right? Like that's, that's the thing. And, and you're still going to, and like, that's the thing is as much as we don't want it to be, it kind of brings it back to our first point. I'm a personal trainer, but I'm also a person. Part of, part of the reason people come and see me might be because we have like a legitimate connection, right? Like I actually, they might come and see me because they're like, you know what? I just want to kind of shoot the shit. I want to talk about goals. I want to talk about process. And like life's hard. So if people come and see me, they might actually just leave a little more inspired and then they're going to stick to their goals. So there's a larger, I can teach you how to move, but you know, having, I'm not doing counseling. We're just two human beings talking about potential, right? And, and then we can open up more doors to explore. So like, yes, you lost, you initially wanted to lose 40 pounds. Now you lost, you know, 60 as well as you feel stronger. So now you want to get into powerlifting or Olympic lifting. Sweet. Well, come and see me and let's start to build towards those avenues as well. So it's not saying that you, they're locked in because they're they're doing the same repetitive shit they should have learned. They're locked in because they're exploring the potential, their they're never-ending potential.
1: Yeah, because your goals yeah. change as you progress as an Absolutely. athlete and uh,
2: in the sport. Or just people that come out of, you know, injury or anything. It's like everyone's, people get injured all the time. People get motivated all the time. People get, you don't need to keep people latched to your teeth. It's what I try to tell people. Like, yeah. I don't want you to think that like, you know, I'm going to coast you along as a trainer. That's not, that's, that's not helpful. You need to know that you hold everything that you came in here with is what you're leaving with. You just access it. Yeah. hundred percent.
1: hundred percent. Great yeah. mindset to have.
2: It was It's something I definitely grew. Yeah. I think.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: I think, I think when
0: we, was it when we like first mm-hmm. talked on Instagram? Uh, I remember I was going to you for advice about, uh, Exercise science, and I was asking you questions about it, and then we talked about actually relationships, and we talked about how that's one of the most important things. I think that was like our very first conversation mm-hmm. on Instagram. Absolutely,
2: it's something that I early on like. That's the thing is you don't want to feel like a dummy, but then you end up being a robot, and then people don't want to work with you for that way. So you got to find that balance of being vulnerable and confident, and and, and just a never-ending growth mindset. That like not everyone's going to agree to you. You're not going to f- help all of your clients, and that might be on the client. It might be on you. But either way, both of you need to acknowledge and grow together or separate. And that's the other thing in referral is I refer to personal trainers all the time who with people I can't really help because maybe it's not my skill set. I'm not the person they bind and mesh with. But that was hard early on, right? That was really hard. Did you ever have those types of things?
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like for the for the first bit, especially, there's probably quite a few clients that I mm-hmm. shouldn't have taken, Yeah. but I did. It's a job. Because yeah. you want the money. Yeah, you want the money and especially when you're first starting out, like you're not making very much money, I'll Mm -hmm. be completely honest. Um, So any kind of treadway or any kind of traction you can get, like you're all over it. So even if you don't really know what you're doing, and again, it kind of goes back to what we were talking about earlier, you'll kind of fake it and you'll just be like, yeah, I I can definitely help you with that. Like I'm definitely, I feel like I'm experienced in that or I have professionalism in that and Again, though, it's it's better to just be able to refer out and tell them, like, hey, like, I don't really know. And it's okay to say you don't know.
1: Yeah, 100%. I don't know is a very, very powerful thing that professionals should use literally all the time because we it is impossible to know every single little detail about different pathologies, mm-hmm. different fitness regimens, all that stuff, right?
0: It's, yeah. Yeah, like saying I don't know or, like, I can direct you towards somebody that does or know. Or I can that's find out thing.
1: for you. Like all of those things. Totally.
0: Yeah.
2: yeah. And like that's, Yeah. if I may, and it's not to be confrontational at all because I did the fake it till I make it, right? So, But I find sometimes as much as it's like, it's, and it's going to be split in hairs, but it's when you fake it till you make it, you actually can't become authentic. Like that's literally the opposing value of authenticity is faking, right? So it's by just acknowledging oh, that you're totally wrong, you don't know. It doesn't even mean you're wrong. You're wrong when you give an answer when you don't know. So you're not yet wrong. You're just ignorant. And I think your clients will respect the fact that you're like, I don't know. They're not going to be like, well, this guy's a fucking dud. Like, it's just like, oh, cool. And then you come back and you have a resource. You're more knowledgeable because you wanted to help this client. So your next client is dealing with a better trainer. All because you didn't know at one time.
1: A hundred percent. And I think that's the balancing act of the, you know, fake it till you make it mindset. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people do need it, but it's just so that you can actually like, It's a you have to have the knowledge, Mm -hmm. so like, um, like you know it, but you know, you just need to get some practice with it. So that's where fake it until you make it and get that confidence of the clients. But you need to then use that to build your own confidence to be like, Oh, I do know what I'm doing, and then totally you have to ditch the fake it till you make it because you can't actually build a authenticity and have the actual confidence to say, I don't know, Mm. and that's where you're going to get in a lot of trouble with clients because you're going to try something, uh that you don't really know about and then you could lead to an injury or give them bad information stuff and we have like a that.
2: very vulnerable job as soon as you tell someone something that's untrue that might be the last time they ever see a personal trainer and now they're stuck knowing the dumb shit you told them right and, and that's the, yeah. right so it's like you just you just kind of shut down if you're like oh calories in calories out doesn't matter it's like well now that person is screwed if they just end with your dumb ass right like it's now that is something that you know, it, it is and it's not a it's not a complete story, right? So we need to allow people to, you know, be be vulnerable in their ignorance. If they're willing to ask your question, that's that's vulnerability, right? So be vulnerable to say oh, I don't 100%. know. And that's the thing is I don't mean to say that's what I meant. Like fake it till you make it is definitely necessary. Oh God, it's necessary. But at the same time, it's just knowing that, that you can have two things there. And and you know, what, and that was, <laughs> I faked it till I make it. Open this place up. I still faking to make it when I wake up in the morning. I'm just like, okay, I'm a I'm a. Gym owner now. I'm gonna go do that today. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It
1: it is it is that delicate balancing act yeah. because you're totally right though about you know the the dark side of the fake until you make mm-hmm. it mindset. It's like it, it, it is both. Uh, you, you kind of have to have a certain amount of confidence going forward with it too to be like you know just that vulnerability. Yeah, for
2: sure. So that's very cool. And opening a gym is going to be no different. Like if someone's looking to do that, I obviously it would be a strange time obviously as our industry is heavily impacted but at the same time if you can create a space that that you can welcome people where they feel comfortable to be vulnerable i don't think you're ever going to find a more beautiful place that you could open for people
0: there you go there you have it yeah um yeah, to, sure. to kind of bounce off that, uh, would, would there be any specific courses that you'd recommend before opening up your own gym? Like maybe ones that you've taken or ones that you, you know, you've looked into?
2: I really wish I would have taken a business course early on because I think that's the thing is like business is so much more than having a building and charging money, right? Like so I wish I would have taken more of like a bookkeeping course and how to like if you can't ba- balance like your own checkbook, a business is going to be a totally different thing. So don't get lost in the idea that like what you do as like your hobby and your passion as training is somehow going to represent what it's like to have an electricity bill on a building with rent, as well as, you know, your cleaning products and the hours spent to clean toilets if you don't have hired help, um, as well as your automated softwares and all of that. So you really like, and you don't have to get that complex, but at the same time, then you, if you don't have automation that you are going to have to pay for, you're going to have more hours to work. So you kind of need to look at a business of the, you know, forest to the trees approach so I think taking a business course is huge and I did not. Um, but I did learn along the way and I'm very lucky. My my wife is a massage therapist, so she had business background. She's been doing that for 10 years. Um, and I have just uh, amazing clients that have helped me that, you know, manage businesses or accountants and they just have got kind of guided me. So one, build up your network, huge network, 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 just like get to know people, put yourself out there, be vulnerable in the same ways we've just talked about. Take courses for sure. Um, do something that you're interested in and then do something that, you know, you need to do. And, and I like, I'm not interested in finance. I didn't become an accountant, but I am interested in having money and having money means you have to make yeah, it. Yeah. And once you make it, you have to manage it. So it's like, <laughs> you kind of need business regardless of if you're like, yeah, whatever. I'll just charge people money and I'll have someone in my account. It's like, no, it's more than that. So taking a business course yeah. is huge. I wish I had one to talk about. Um, I know a lot of people, I I, I can't speak to the quality of any of them, so I can't voice my opinion.
1: That's okay. very fair. And cool. you know what? brings back to the i don't know and uh business is essential in the society we live in Mm -hmm. um because you need money to live and uh you know it's uh just one of those facts of life that you know you you gotta know your basic accounting or otherwise your your business is gonna fail because uh your bank comes at you a lot harder uh when you have a you know business loan for x amount of dollars than they will if you don't uh maybe missed payment on your credit card. It'll ding your credit. You'll have some more interest to pay, but usually it's fine. Mm -hmm. Whereas business loans, if you miss one payment, they might be taking everything because you don't get a second shot.
2: Like that's, that's the thing is you're dealing with, when you're dealing with bigger numbers, you're dealing with bigger fish, bigger, bigger players. So it's, uh, it's something to acknowledge. And I know for myself, I don't, I was very, very lucky and I need to give a shout out. And this is the thing is like, I am in a, in a weird situation. Um, where I was, I took a loan from my grandmother. So I took, okay. we can go on. Cause I know this is something we kind of want to talk about is I took a loan of 55,000 from my grandmother. And, uh, and this is the thing is you have to be, you have to be so grateful for the things that you get. And I'm so grateful. And it, it was a really hard thing because I hit a pandemic and I'm like, Oh my God, my, grand- <laughs> my grandma put this out and wants me to be successful. And, and I do, I have a supportive family. I live in a low, uh, low cost of living to live in Fort Francis. So like all of those things are going to be a little bit different than other people who might start a business, right? Like you, that's the biggest thing is to acknowledge, like every time you listen to someone who's talking about their business, it's just as much of an individual as an individual. So um, yeah. knowing that I didn't have that loan and then when the pandemic hit, the government put loans out at a super low interest that, you know, we don't pay back until 2022. Um, so things like that happen. So I'm in a weird, very weird circumstance and, and place um with my business on how it functions and it'll be very different than someone that would have started five years ago. Right. So um like I was opened a week before the pandemic was officially announced. So it it kind of has a little bit of a different feel to it. Um, but that's the thing. You can reach out and, and I think I want to point this out more for the fact that yeah, my grandma gave me a loan, but you also have people who believe in you. And if you come out with a yeah. solid business idea. And you walk up to family, friends, and you ask for a smaller investment instead of maybe going to a bank when we're dealing with an economic downturn and crisis right now. People might not have the money to support you right now, but they might have something to put towards it. And maybe it's just going to force you to start smaller, but starting smaller is still safer, right? And and there are people out there who believe in you. And hell, I have clients that are like, I'd like to invest in your business. And it's like in the middle of a pandemic. And I'm like, well, I really appreciate that. Like not in the sense that they are clients, they already are, but being like, can we offer you a little more? Like not even to partner, just being like, you know, do this, pay a pay a smaller interest fee than uh than because let's face it, when you have personal training clients, sometimes those individuals are the ones who have disposable income. Right? So
1: Yeah. It, it's kind Definitely. of and that's the idea of yeah. like
2: having authentic communication and cooperation with your clients means they actually know who the fuck they're dealing with on many levels.
1: Yeah. 100%. So nothing's impossible. Yeah, I think uh I think it's a testament to your abilities to um, as a business owner, uh, to open a week before the pandemic with everything going on. And obviously it's not all like you're, you're probably operating at a loss for quite a while mm-hmm. there. Uh, just as mo- a lot of businesses do even for the, up to the first year. Um, but you know, the fact that so many established businesses, um, you know, fell within the first like couple months of the pandemic just says that, you know, the resilience of you, keeping costs as low as possible, but also still networking and trying to get that uh, client interest in uh, bas- investing in the business. And it's uh, yeah, really, really good on you. Uh, not that you need the pat on the back. No, I appreciate
2: but, that. And I don't want to sell it for something. It's like it, it is it is the cooperation of other people. Like anytime you see someone successful, someone gave them opportunity, right? Like we do create own, but we need to be, we need to be Aware, and you need to be aware also that like people will try to support you in, when times are down, but those people might switch and try to take from you when times are good. So you just have to never go into something with a, a veil and over your eyes, know your capacity and know what you need versus what you want. And and I know that. I I did 100%. not rein my spending in when I was like, ah, oh, this won't last that long. Like I'm gonna do this, we're gonna upgrade the facility while we're shut down. And then it was like, No, this is gonna go on for a year. And it's like, okay, now I need to rein my spending in. Right? You're gonna make mistakes. I make mistakes all the time. Yeah. Um, and that's okay. And the most important thing is to forgive yourself, realize the mistake, and know that if you hadn't done that, you wouldn't be any smarter.
1: A hundred percent. And like, you know, I did take a online business course, so one thing to like, just if any of you guys do want to start your business that are listening, uh, one of the most important things you can do is make sure that you get registered as a business that is a limited liability corporation, because you know, a pandemic might hit or another disaster that, you know, you just put another extra $50,000 loan into an expansion because your business was doing really well. Then it has to shut down. So, you know, at the end of the day, uh, a failed business isn't a failure on you, so if your business did have to shut down at least you know like you can declare bankruptcy for the business, so it won 't necessarily affect you or in terms of like they're not gonna repossess your house because you have that uh legal liability transferred just to the business
2: absolutely and that 's the biggest thing is like that and those are things i didn't know right so like um that's that that's the important thing of taking courses like that. Like obviously as a personal trainer or a gym or a anything, you definitely should have that because it doesn't matter. If someone gets hurt it gets hurt gets hurts, uh get gets hurt or anything like that. You really need to take that off you so you don't take your house because you failed your business.
1: Yeah, exactly. Cause it's it it happens. It's the world that we live Absolutely. in. And you know, you do have to navigate that and you just want to make sure that At the end of the day, you and your family and the ones you loved are at least taken care of if, you know, the risks you're taking with your business go wrong. And you
2: know what? I just really want to mention that the CRA, like, uh, they're not out to crush you. Like, I was so afraid of the government. And then I had to get on the phone with them all the time. And they are so helpful. Like, it sucks that you have to wait for, like, 45 minutes to talk to them. And sometimes they're, like, rushed or doing whatever. But at the same time, they're helping a lot of people. But they're so helpful. They have helped every way. If I call with a question, they're like, well, do this, do this. I'm going to send you the link. I'll email it over. We'll do this kind of stuff. Can you type this in? And and th- they really helped me start my business because they we we are what feeds the economy, right? So it, it's something yeah. that you, you don't need to be afraid of the government. You don't need to be afraid of all of these things. What you need to be afraid of is doing something with an ignorance you don't want to acknowledge.
1: Yeah, 100%. Yeah,
2: yeah.
0: Yeah. Actually, uh, speaking of business though, like with me going in recently to get my trade name done and everything, yeah, it was like a lot easier than I thought it would be. So like same, same thing, right? Like I thought it'd be like this whole process and that's kind of why and like, not that I was pushing it off intentionally, but I was kind of pushing it off. Um, and then I was like, oh man, this is going to be like an hour, hour and a half of going in, like probably gonna have to call someone and then wait. And then, but no, it was like I went in, filled out some paperwork, and they're like, "All
2: right, cool, you're good to go. Yeah, you're like, you have a business now. Yeah. You're a business owner. Like, no balloons. Like, like, you're in business now.
1: <laughs> yep.
2: I was like, I was like, oh, that's cool, it. Yeah. All right, sweet. No
1: fanfare. <laughs> it's just, uh, you know, end of the day, you got your business, and uh, it's good. Yeah. Uh, one of the things. Like, I'm, 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 good. I'm not gonna yeah, get tackled if I walk See out of here. Good. Sweet, <laughs> <Yeah>. nice. <laughs> I, I think one of the uh, things we kind of talked about already was uh, finding the right demographics for. Um, you know, a person Mm -hmm. and like you found your own demographics kind of through trial and error with, you know, uh, working at the clinic uh, with First Nations and then Mm -hmm. kind of moving into sports teams Mm -hmm. and building that network. But for someone, you know, starting out, like how would they find their demographic if you have any tips?
2: I think it kind of comes back to like the same thing as like work in a commercial gym for a little bit. One, someone's going to manage you. You got to be accountable to people because when you're yourself, you've got to be accountable to yourself. And if you suck at that well, like you're good at working out. It doesn't mean you're accountable across the board in your life, right? So it's good to have people that guide you and process you and might have been in an industry longer, but by working at a commercial gym and having to take on, like we talked about, Bryce, right, so the, the people that you might not, you might not have, it, it really does paint like that demographic is out of my reach or I'm not even interested, right? Like most people who come yeah. and see me understand yeah. I'm going to train them to move better and be like an athlete. And I want you to have a mindset that resembles those things because that's it. We want you healthy as if the, that life is a game. That, like a, that, That's what you're playing. So yeah. you're always an athlete. So I tell people right off the top, I'm going to train you as if I'm training you to be, I don't need you to do ladders and we're not going to do shuttle runs and that kind of stuff. But I am going to make sure that you're kind of just as invested as if you, you want an outcome to win. And uh, and by doing that, it I will get mothers, I will get grandmothers, I will get fathers, I will get literal athletes, I'll get but they, they come with my niche known. They come. And so many people now fall into my demographic, but I define the demographic by how I offer it. So for other people, I think that's the thing is find your passion, establish like, and it doesn't have to be a niche that you're closed in. It's just how you train is almost, that's the niche I went for. This is how I train individuals. This is how I speak to you. This is how I, 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 I want to communicate between each other on a vulnerable sense. So if people come in and they don't want to talk about uh, feelings and consequences Mm. and that kind of stuff, I'm not the guy and they'll know that right away.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think that one of the big things is um, Mm -hmm. expectations, right? So I, I didn't do that before. Um, Again, I think it came down to you weren't picky when we started out, but like now that I have more experience not that I've been doing it that long, but now that I have more experience and that I know what I can provide and kind of like my worth as a trainer Um, with all of my new clients, like the first thing I tell them is like what I expect from them. And if they're not doing that, I will tell them. I'll be like, hey, like you agreed Mm -hmm. to this when we first started together, like what changed or like what's going on kind of thing. And then I usually find that well they'll they'll appreciate that but then they'll also yeah. see that you care um which is like a big thing right cuz like you're are you just there to take their money or are you actually there to help them get to where they want to be and like we discussed before eventually be on their own mm. and not need you or if they're still with you it's just because
2: they're yeah. like hanging out with you right and like seeing progress and that's a big thing and like setting expectations for well and it kind of keeps you on expectations i faltered in this and i think it's important to know that like Oh man, I've failed more than I've succeeded in things. As, as a good personal trainer or a bad personal trainer, like I, I've been both, and, uh, and and a person. So it's it's just important to know that you can't let those things impact you as heavily as you can. But setting those expectations for other people means that you'll probably have bigger expectations for yourself too. And and like you said, it it derives respect. It's not like you're treating people like children. You're regarding them as individuals who are trying to learn, which is kind of like a child mindset. Like everything I try to learn, whether I'm trying to hammer a nail or or you know ride a snowmobile like unfortunately i'm like a child i have to acquire the skills and, and that takes time so you set those <laughs> yep. yeah 100%.
1: yeah no one's an expert one um radiant to any thing they're learning no. and you know no you, you got to have that mindset no. that you know if you're gonna do xyz um it's probably not gonna be pretty the first time no. but uh getting on especially with snowmobiles <laughs> you're like dirt bikes that stuff yeah. uh <laughs> i fell off a, um, the dirt bike a few times before i really learned how to uh properly oh, ride God, it yeah. you know
2: and i think it kind of comes to another point about yeah, how that, you market it yeah. too right like that's that's an expectation how you market something is technically like displaying your expectations
0: Oh, totally. Yeah. That's, that's actually one of the next questions we're going to jump into is like, how do you find your Shitty. marketing process? Do you do a lot of that on your own or do you have somebody that I, does it for you? you? know,
2: and this is another thing, as you live in a small town, people know me by name when I walk anywhere, right? Like it's just what it is. So my marketing is literally, I'm the person that everyone sees wherever we go. Um, so you won't, you won't Casual see icon. me like hammering down on Instagram. Now that I'm on to- on online more and I can, you know, utilize that space um, and I have a way to train people online that's better and built out more. I'll do more of it. But that actually wasn't going to start until like mid-May. Um, so I'm really just getting into it. So my marketing has really just been word of mouth. And I think that that's, that's a really important way to market it. And I think it's actually the best way because if a tra- if you – I've gotten people in two ways. Word of mouth by the fact that they didn't like training with me actually sold me training <laughs> to other yep. people. This is what Ian does. I don't like it. And someone's like, oh, that sounds like something I'd like. So if you stay true to your yeah. shit and you don't change it for the people that want, not that you, and it's like, hey, I referred you to another person anyways, that's important. And that's the idea of referral coming back around. But then I've also trained people that are like, this is amazing. I like the way you trains. And then you get people. So as long as you, again, stick to the style of training that you best represent, that gets your results with people, you can't help everyone, but you can truly yeah. help those that like the way you help. So that's more of my marketing. Yeah. Um, I'm, I am going to have my my wife is way more creative and way more aesthetically aware on things so she'll be covering a little bit more of my uh, marketing side of things but I think that's a really good thing too if you have the financial ability to outsource it takes so much time um, and especially as you build up that's a good way people just make things look better right like actually Bryce yeah. yours looks incredible like uh, I, oh, I yeah, really do 100%. think that yours looks really well uh, well put together and but it probably took you time and you probably took inspiration from people right.
0: Yeah, like, the website mm-hmm. I did myself, but um, when it came to, like, my logo and to my pictures, obviously, I, I had mm-hmm. those done by somebody else, because if I did my own logo, it would look like it was done by yeah. a five-year-old. <laughs> um, <laughs> Not the same so, as me, yeah. Yeah. And, like, oh, and then it's just, again, what's what do you want to represent? And, like, I obviously want to represent some professionalism, so I figured, like, hey, I got to make this investment and, like, investing mm-hmm. into yourself, right? Well, but... but it took time, like you said. Like, it took, it oh, took okay. a while, but it's uh i'm glad that
2: i appreciate you saying that it means a lot honestly so i was like damn well you sent me the the preview of it and i saw go live and i'm like oh shit can i hire this guy um it's really well done (laughs) it's a a good website (laughs) yeah man yeah i know i checked Um, it out the other day i appreciate that click the link
0: yeah it's good yeah so i had to actually i update it recently but yeah
1: oh i'll have to go check that out actually
0: uh yeah, there's is an
2: issue with some always. I'm stuff, so that's a one idea. thing, man, outsource technology. hundred percent. Unless you're a techie, it's oh, my God. I, that's one thing I regret not doing sooner is just like someone make my website. Someone do this. Someone do that. And it's only because I didn't know how to do anything. So, you know, what you do you overcomplicate it. You make it way harder than it needs to be. Someone can just walk in and be like, why don't you just yeah, Google talk it? Do this and do this. It's a three step system for you and for the person. It's a one-step person for the person, but I'm like, I'm gonna get a wix site where I have a form and I have this going, in and I haven't done any of it. So, slow your roll. Ask people who have experience, and even hire out if you can handle that. And yeah. if you're looking to start a business, it, you actually, should have actually, the financial it's, it's, capacity it's, yeah. to do that as well, right? Like, it, the, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. It's interesting that you mentioned that, though. Actually, um, when I was in the midst of building my process, uh, building my site and everything, sorry, um, I actually was talking to a lot of prescript guys and I was kind of seeing what they did for their forms and everything. So um, a lot of the mm-hmm. Google form inspiration was actually just from like, from mm-hmm. James like Macintosh and from all those other guys um, just speaking with them and seeing what they did and what worked for them. Um, and even like my whole programming process now, like I used to send it all PDF style, but now it's all yeah. like Google sheets. So then that way they can, they can see it and like I can see when they update yeah. their program too. Um, which is like, honestly it's, it took time to set it all up, but in the end, it saves me time and then I can hold them more accountable too. So I think that's that's the biggest thing, right, is doing research, but then also talking to people that have more experience than you and taking what you can from them and applying it to your own Any business Any clunky well. system oh, is yeah. going
2: to cost you time, therefore money. So it's like, you might as well just do it, however long it takes you to set it up, as long as it takes you nothing to run it, it's totally worth the investment
1: it's
0: yeah yeah because
2: i think yeah. for me it's a couple months i think to set it up like so.
1: i've I, i'm interested in uh, tech stuff and like coding mm-hmm. as just like a hobby yeah and i can tell you that you know I, then again i'm not the smartest guy in the world there's probably savants out there who could figure it out much quicker than i did but it took me like a solid couple weeks to you know figure out the basics and mm-hmm. you know if you're not willing to put in that time uh you're gonna have to pay some service like be it squarespace be it wix be it uh you know the those sites that will actually help you get your website set up in a more user-friendly way because like otherwise like just just pay the person doing web design like i know that people charge a lot in tech because it's a high in demand uh and complex job that a lot of people don't want to learn but you know it's totally worth it because um it's not as expensive as you also
2: think not by the time you're done right Yeah, yeah yeah percent Yeah.
0: Especially with that being like the way that kind of things are going more or less with with COVID, for example, like with things being more of the online presence and the online realm, it's important to have that. Like if you, if your website looks like it was done by a two-year-old, yeah. no one's no. going to hire you. Yeah. And like they're yeah. And like if you're, that's what I, that's how I saw, thought of it myself personally. Like I was like, okay, hey, if I'm going to have a site, I'm going to make it like good. I'm not going to have one sheet or one homepage with everything on there. Like I'm going to go. And that's the, I'm going to go hard. And yeah, it's,
2: that's I, it. I didn't. <laughs> yeah. So mine, mine is off. I went with Wix and I'm like, Oh, it's going to be easy. And it wasn't, it sounded easier than it is. It still takes the work. It still takes the aesthetic. It still takes the knowledge. Um, and then once you get it set up, then you can like freeform it and then you mess it all up anyways on a mobile browser. Like it's, it, everything sounds simpler until you actually get it. And once you've invested the 400, $500 that sounded easier, And you get a bad product, you kind of have to let that thing run until it dies, so you can redo something better. You can't just throw that investment away necessarily. So you kind of have to make the the best of a shitty situation you did to make it easier that made it worse.
1: Yeah, hundred percent. Because like those sites do take a lot of effort still and a lot of time. Absolutely. And you know, like it kind of going back to the marketing thing. Like uh, you see, like a lot of YouTubers because Squarespace really pushes into that space, Mm -hmm. and uh, not as much Wix, but. You know, they're, the people, YouTube advertisements and the sponsorships, they're trying to sell you something. Yeah. And that's how they make money. So, like, don't put too much judgment on them because they're giving you content for otherwise free. But, you know, like, at the end of the day, really treat those, uh, you know, advertisements with a grain of salt. Mm-hmm. Because it is a paid sponsorship. It might not actually be the best quality um, because they're getting paid, you know, anywhere from, you know, a few thousand to tens of thousands of dollars to do that advertisement in that, you know, 10-minute video. Name drop. It's actually insane. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 There's good money in YouTube if you can uh, get those
0: sponsorships, yeah. but
2: absolutely, get, getting them is the challenge. Absolutely, And you got to, again, you got to bring something that that's,
0: sells. That's been, like, a different game. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I started one up recently, and that's, like, a totally. different game, man. Like, that's completely out of my element, right? Like, I... I'm decent. I think I'm decent with like Instagram stuff, and then I tried YouTube, and I'm like,
2: "Wow, what is this? Yeah. <laughs> this is
0: this is way different." And right? I actually love and it takes time. It, it takes time, to b- b- but I actually
2: b- love YouTube yeah. more because I can't. I can't find. I I, I have a, I struggle with Instagram, and that's another thing. Is like if you're gonna do marketing, you should find the thing that you enjoy the most that you can convey your point best. Like if inst- if you can't convey the point that you feel represents your value in a minute or. In a reel or whatever it is that's going to capture people's attention, people sit down with YouTube. They scroll Instagram. So decide what oh, you dude. want to yeah. do and how yeah. you want to convey a message and your intention and your your specific knowledge basis. I would much rather do a YouTube video because I don't know if you noticed, kind of long winded, but I find that at the end of the win, there's a little bit of a poignant smell or something that you can get from it. So,
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, oh, yeah. that, and that's 100%. the thing like uh, marketing on Instagram isn't meant to be, you know, that sit down video it's meant to be like uh you know within 30 seconds that advertisement has to get that person to go to the product page where they can learn more and sit down for that long winded you know uh sales pitch because like it's it is literally just an elevator pitch and that is it yeah
2: and you got to know that like you're not Don't waste your time doing the things that make you no revenue because you're going to fail your business and you're probably not going to get a lot of hits on the algorithm if it's not quality. So it's like people just want to see what they want to see and then lead them to the things you want to teach.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: I, I think that's a big thing that I've been trying to find balance with is. Uh, Just, again, realizing that different platforms have different purposes, right? Like you mentioned before, Instagram is very much more, like, scroll-based, and you probably have somebody's attention for, like, maybe 30 seconds, more like 15 seconds, right? So if you don't immediately catch their attention, you're probably lost, Um, whereas YouTube, like you said, if somebody's going onto your YouTube channel, they're going on there to watch a video. Like they're going on there with the expectation that it could be a fifteen-minute video or like a a ten-minute video, right? Um, So you, yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, dude, at least at least, right?
1: You you sit down to poop (laughs) for YouTube, yeah, exactly. Instagram, it's it's scrolling casually. Yeah,
0: they're committed, man. But yeah, I do like I do like what you do with yours. I do find that like the because you're very much like IGTV based, right? Like more like. A minute or minute and a half long post which is I, it's, good and
2: it's just it's totally spontaneous intuitive like i said i don't really have a marketing procedure i don't do it's very off the cuff and especially now like people are just like chilling and doing whatever it's a lot of my things again are more geared towards just like even my local area more than it is like the the whole space of instagram and the algorithm right so it's it's again might have a different flair to it because of that reason um, and it doesn't reach a, a breadth of people that are across the globe. so it's it's again, a knowing who you're marketing to, right and and they, if you get a bunch of people from around the world, you might also not connect and and get you know the same intention with those people. So you got to kind of again know your market that you're actually reaching to your demographic and and that's marketing 101 location location, right? So location three times I think yeah Oh
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah. location times
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> But no yeah, for sure. I do find that uh, mm-hmm. that's a tough thing. I've been trying to find what what works, right, and, like, what people want to be seen. So it's a struggle, man. Like, just trying to find regular content to post regularly um, and just, again, being able to provide value but then also trying to use your posts in a sense of, like, trying to yeah. draw in clientele. Yeah. Um, that's probably the biggest thing. Like, I'm not just going to post a picture of me shirtless because that's probably not going to bring in clientele. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> So it's it's a matter of just trying to find what you again like what your clients want to see what possible clients want to see and uh, I've been trying to lean more towards having like shorter posts or having just like pictures um, that I can provide value in because I'm
2: past the days of trying to do like a five minute IGTV no, it, video it doesn't right. get the it doesn't get the feed recognition and it, it depends what you're trying to do and again like I think it's uh chasm Hansen. he's like the n1 like a course he's a really good course for biomechanics and things like that but um he says like it's not you don't learn exercise from Instagram the same reason you don't learn Kung Fu from Jet Li movies right like it's There's so many nuances, but like the more you watch an IGTV of hip thrust, you're like, those aren't, you're not doing anything in that. You're just making a shape and doing something you saw on IGTV. There's no principle to it. So I actually really struggle posting exercise videos because I think they're pointless without the intention of a program or without the awareness of spatial recognition the individual needs to like represent that value appropriately. So I actually shy away from doing a lot of exercise videos because it's fucking already out there. Like I don't need to reinvent the wheel, but maybe I just don't need to do it at all. And I just chose that as my path. So you'll very rarely see an exercise video because it's like fucking Google it Like you don't need me. Like it's not, I'm not, I think I can bring value, but you're probably going to be in my face zone when that's happening. Right. Cause I have to look at you as an individual. I think you matter. I don't think that I need to tell everyone that I'm correct in doing something. I think I need to see you on a person to person basis and us have a conversation about it. So I, I just, I shy away from it completely on the most part. So
1: I think it basically yeah, ties I think that was my, to my that, you before. right? Cause like. You know, like you said, part of the whole thing about being a personal trainer is teaching people movement. Mm-hmm. And you can't teach movement well on, you know, over an uh, IGTV video necessarily. Because no. each person's body moves in their own individual their way. Awareness. And yeah, exactly. So, you know, like you might be doing it a certain way that feels best for you, and it might be the most technical uh, form of doing it. But. You know, like you said, go look it up on YouTube because there's a million videos from people who already do that. Yeah. But you know, at the end of the day, it's more about like, well, sure, you go for a squat; it doesn't feel comfortable. Well, what kind of uh, things are happening? Like, where's the tightness that is not allowing you to get that proper deep squat? Yeah, exactly. So,
2: yeah. what are your, what are your prerequisites? Like, like you know. it's and that's the thing is like, whenever I think of my whole business is intention based. And then I look at IGTV or IG and or anything, and it's literally inattentive based, right? You're drawing attention, yeah. but it's kind of bullshit attention. It's like you, you scroll Instagram because you're looking for something to find. You're not looking to learn, right? So it's like I'm I, no. there's no intention in your process. You can draw from inattention. You can draw attention to you, but I don't think you're really invested, which is the complete opposite of what I'm going to expect when you come in and see me. So it's a it's a dichotomy I definitely struggle with. Well said. Very well said. Well said.
0: Yeah, yeah, uh, but I feel like again that was kind of an issue that I had before. I was trying to almost provide mm-hmm. too much value. Every really um, legend, because... and like I was going, I was like going way into. You know, well, well, thank you, but yeah <laughs> I, I feel like I was going maybe like a little bit too into depth on some things, and again, like, like you, you guys mentioned before, like it's hard to actually learn mm-hmm. from an IGTV video. Um, I've been trying to find ways that I can provide little, little cues and little um, tips mm-hmm. and tricks here and there that might work for different people. But again, like if somebody's coming to you, they're coming to you for expertise and they're coming to you for um, programming and they're coming to you mm-hmm. for a certain reason. They probably aren't coming to you because you're showing them how to have thrust.
1: Yeah,
0: and that's just how it is, right? Like they're probably more or less buying into you and buying into um, mm-hmm. you as a person and your service and like w- how you can kind of help. Guide them and then guide the performance, right? I always try right? to
2: speak to the nuance, not to overcomplicate, but to simplify for the individual, right? Like that's, and, yeah. and, and I see that a totally. lot and like, that's kind of what drew me to prescript and things like that is it's like, it, they were, it was a how to think, not what to think. So it was like, you're trying to derive information from this. You're not trying to absorb it. Like our whole education system is based on the fact that you regurgitate facts. I need you to think critically about the information that you're trying to get out of this process. So it's, 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 again, it's a different thing altogether, Um, But a lot of people aren't interested in that. Like it's not to say that people need to be like namaste aware, like on a pillow floating in order to get an exercise, like an excellent workout or anything like that. So it's not going to sell to everyone. But my intention is that people feel good, move well, and just overall don't question their capacity of strength. Um, so that's going to be that you're very involved. And, and again, when I could not, I can't find myself a good position to do that on IGTVs or on IG, I don't know why I keep saying that, but just Instagram or various things. And, and maybe it's, I'm just hiding my anxiety of doing that behind it because I think a lot of people are scared to post too. You shouldn't, there's a lot of dumb shit out there and you don't really say anything about it. So why are people going to say it to you? And if they do kick, I tell them to kick rocks. Like who cares, right? Like, there's a, yeah, yeah. it doesn't really matter. Your self-worth is who the people you serve are going to dictate not who you think you know doesn't want to you know receive your service that can just be an inherent bias on their part just let them let them go
1: and i think power to those people that's, yeah that's if cool. you know like if you're a personal trainer listening to this and you want to post hip stress videos power
2: to yeah, you. Give hell. do it yeah
1: yeah not but at the end of the day yeah exactly but you know the one suggestion i will give is uh and this is more like from the tech side of things instead of putting that on your IGTV, which will be gone, uh, and that people might not never come back to you because of Instagram's algorithm being very, has to be like two-day, has to be like most recent and what's trending, mm-hmm. and it's all about, you know, five minutes from now. Mm-hmm. Uh, YouTube is a little bit more eternal in the fact that if you put that video up and let's say you posted it in 2013, you might get like a thousand views for like six years, but all of a sudden the algorithm really loves your video mm-hmm. so then it has like two million views and your youtube channel can get a lot of traction if you're monetized you can get some adsense from that so it is one of those things to consider uh youtube is also super saturated but so is instagram well you also so have a reference at so we'll that
2: point too right so you can like be like okay you don't know how to do this and you're away from me here's a video i made describing the hip thrust but then you can also go on i you know ig and be like Sell the buy, which is like, this is how we're going to do a hip thrust. If you want to check it out further, check out my YouTube channel. So you sell the buy. Yeah. And it's like, so you're just leading into, so now you have a resource of hip thrust. You also get to sell the buy on IG where people will notice it and they're like, shit, I've been doing this. I'm going to go check that out for the longer explanation. And then they see that like, wow, there's a, there's a whole knowledge basis of nuance that I've never even thought about. This guy's legit shit. Oh gee, I'm going to go sign yeah. up with him. So it's like you're always building momentum, but you just have to find that inattentive traction with them. So they're already inattentive. Only sell them what they're able to like goldfish think of and then get them into the buy on the on the YouTube.
1: Exactly.
0: It, it's, it's funny you mention that because that's like the direction yeah. that I've been trying to take. Like um, YouTube is more going to be like my uh, instructive, I guess, in a sense, um, but like more information-based and then just like entertainment-based and then... Uh, I'll, like, again, direct people over there, right? I'm like, hey, if you want to watch the full video where I go through tips and tricks to implement in um, and advice for exercises, like, head over here and check yeah. out the full video, right? And that's that's kind of ways to, again, get traction for your Instagram and for, like, your YouTube. But then also, in a sense, you're able to, like, target your demographic mm-hmm. well still too without ge- without giving away, like, too much information, which I think mm-hmm. was my issue before. Like, I was trying to give, like like six months of (laughs) programming in like a minute and a half video right you're just like oh here yeah oh dude and like you're biting off way more than you can chew and that's like a big issue that
2: i was finding for myself and i'm not sure if other people feel the same way but yeah it's yeah and you're not really you're not able to it's almost like you want to describe the nuance but it's also so over flooded that you're like people are like i can't even handle this like i don't even know how to you because you're talking to people that might not even know that these things exist it might be like this is way over too over my head but when you get them in person you're like no 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 i break this down in a step by step process right but when it's in a video form it's like i'm going to tell you everything at once and they don't realize that it's not that complicated we would never give you all these cues at one time this is just for you know educational yeah. purposes and and that's the thing is i used to do that all the time as well as i'd make a new video for every client and i'm like shit why don't i just like shorten this link up and send it to my client. Have like it's over and over again. Yeah. yeah. Have one. So okay. it's again, yeah. invest your yeah. time have once one. and monetize it many times.
0: Yeah. I actually, recently I was looking at on Instagram obviously, um, but I saw a post by one of the, a PT on there and he was talking about how um, so many people go to PTs that have no in-person experience and just yeah. online experience. And he was just talking about like the importance of having in-person experience before you can actually do online training because like, it's so different, man. Like if, if you're an online coach and you've just been doing strictly online, like there's so many little things that you can miss. Right. Especially with like, I don't know, zoom so awkward. Like I'm personally not a huge fan of using zoom for like sessions just because like, especially if you're using like a smaller webcam, it's like almost guaranteed. You can't see everything that they're doing. Like, maybe top half, bottom half, maybe. Um, but, again, like, there's there's so much importance and, like, and value that you can provide with just doing in person. So, I just find it, like, to be a very interesting post, um, especially considering, like, he was doing mainly in person. But there's so many, like, online PTs that just do online. But how are you really experienced at and that point? It's such a hard thing to think about. I always about tell today. people that, like,
2: on t- on, there's a lot of online PTs who are your accountability. Outside of that, yeah. Right. And then that's the thing is, like, oh, totally. in some totally. instances, you can become a PT that's almost so specialized that you've just completely lost a demographic that's just like, listen, man, I don't give a shit about anything you have to tell me. I'm not in pain. I get the results I want. So. They're just going to go to an accountability buddy. They're just going to someone to make them sweat and sore. And that's what they like. And then other people are a little more invested. So that's the thing is you also, again, your niche, if a lot of online trainers are, no offense to them, they're probably fantastic trainers. But when you're online, it's like, here's your program. I'm going to make sure that mm-hmm. you have a, a green light when I wake up tomorrow morning on your workout. Right. And I'll reach out if you don't. Yeah. And no offense to that. That's, that's totally <laughs> yeah. necessary. Some not people totally. are perfectly fine, not having perfect biomechanics until something, if something goes wrong and they just need someone to be like hey keep your shit together here's some resources otherwise yeah hundred yeah. percent
0: yeah i think yeah and like obviously obviously not like i wasn't trying to not trying to no, throw shade no, or anything all. but um i just i think that personally for me like i i learned so much mm-hmm. from doing in person that I, I couldn't i couldn't imagine trying to do strictly and like solely online without having the experience that i've had from in person yeah, to like exactly. carry over right
1: and uh going yeah. back on that um uh, just kind of talking about like you know giving too much detail or like being a little bit too nuanced happens all the time in healthcare it's in anywhere that you're passionate and you have expertise that you don't really realize you have you can start using a little bit more too much jargon mm-hmm. and like that's one of the things that they really drill into you for the four years of nursing school is like less jargon like make it simple so a person can understand because they do not have the knowledge base that you have as a personal trainer or as a registered nurse or as a physician. Yeah. So keep it as simplified as possible. And, you know, like I'm really passionate about, uh, uh women's health and, uh, neonatology or ba- basically babies. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when, when you start getting me to talk about that, especially with clients, I can start to kind of, you know, get a little bit too many details Mm. talk a little too fast because i'm I'm excited about it and then it's like the the client like missed everything i just said yeah and it's like is it also important to them to know this stuff probably not might be interesting but they don't need to know it
2: and that's that so overcome that's a hard one and like you probably see this like now with you know, what, like the vaccines or the pandemic or whatever it is is going on when people that are expertise of their field go on and try to talk to a general population that doesn't have the same health literacy or knowledge basis. Well, now it's like, what the fuck are these people saying? Right. So it's now it's like they're, yeah. they're not even speaking the same language <laughs> and it's about my health and what I need to do about it. And it's like yeah. and, and you see this all the time when they're like, well, they obviously don't know what they're talking about. And it's like they actually know so much that they know about the stuff that you wouldn't even think about. So now it, it just sounds yeah. like they're complete assholes yeah. and idiots. They're like, well, that's fake news. They obviously haven't been looking at this study. And it's like, I'm so sorry, but these guys are like, these are nerds. Yeah, like, You wouldn't be able it. to sit at a, a table. With them. Yeah, exactly. It's like, yeah. you would not want to sit at a dinner table with them. Cause you're like, you are boring as hell. And that's, that's the yeah. side that comes with expertise is <laughs> you're probably just annoying about your expertise. So people don't want to listen yeah. to it.
1: And, like, it, it sounds scarier than yeah. it is because, like, even, like, for example, the word neonatology, that's a scary word to someone who's never heard I almost heard shut it this
2: off because I heard that.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and kidding. it's, like, all it, all it is is, like, basically everything to do with, like, baby's health and stuff. Yeah. It's uh, the practice of uh, medicine and nursing and
2: babies. You should, use, and like, you should use that as, like, neonatology. It's just the, the study of baby's health and stuff. Like, just end it with that that's <laughs> yeah
1: and that's all you need and then people yeah. will be like oh, okay cool. cool it's not as scary as i thought yeah. but when you have like the covid vaccine like for example you're saying yeah. you know like these people are coming in with all these statistics and then uh, yeah. it's kind of just like vomit at a certain point where you just start turning everything out and you're like is it safe well it hurt yeah, dude, me yeah. or my family yeah. yeah totally and it's like no yeah <laughs> and they should just leave it there it's like a... you'll, you'll be fine take yeah. it it's important
2: yeah that, and that's the thing is it's you that's yeah, such that's sure. such a big it's thing it's hilarious but yeah. it's terrifying yeah yeah but no it's uh
0: i was uh i found, I found that actually what before when i was even now sometimes like if i'm running a client through an assessment like i tend to like way over complicate and like you can just tell usually by like their eyes like if they're like <laughs> you can tell like if they're yeah, listening yeah <laughs> um, over. same thing they're like they're like they're listening, but like it's like okay, yeah, it makes sense, kind of, right? I'm like, oh, it makes sense, right? And they're like, oh yeah, sure, yeah, yeah oh yeah, totally, yeah. it makes sense. Uh, I think at that point they're just like agreeing, just to, like shut, just just to shut you up. Like they're like, all right, man, like we get it, we get it, okay, like weird flex, but okay. And like that's a good um,
2: trust in your in your and, expertise, right? And that's really all you want. And then just leave it open for questions.
0: Yeah. yeah. Oh, totally. And I I always tell them I always tell them like, hey, if I'm talking really fast. Let me know. I like to ramble sometimes. And I'm like, if you have any questions, do you just I think being in me. a
2: lab with Killian or Jordan, it's like, what the fuck are these guys saying? So like, I, oh, found, I found, caught myself <laughs> that doing is it crazy. with clients. And I've done it for a long time. Oh, pardon me. I've done it for a long time, but it's like, until I was like, with someone that just like, talked to me under the table with like, expertise and insane knowledge. You're like, holy shit. Is this what I sound? Cause there's tears of it. Right. And like, yeah, it's, yeah. It, it's wild. It's so oh, wild, but it, it Again, it comes to trusting the expertise, trusting yourself that you can convey a message in less mm-hmm. and still get it par- across to the person because they don't need to leave understanding physiology, anatomy, and, and biomechanical function. They just need to be like, this is what you want me to do? Cool. Thanks.
1: Yeah. And like, just imagine yeah. that's yeah, it, you yeah. as a professional learning from another professional. Yeah. So you already have a wide basis. of prerequisite and knowledge. Yeah. They're blowing your mind still. Yeah. Right? So like, imagine what we sound mm-hmm. like when, you know, you're taking your information now from jordan and killian and applying it to your clients if you're using the same terminology that they're having you, you are literally speaking another language oh, got it. it is just
2: it's so lost if i repeat something killian or jordan said i'm like <laughs> one i still don't know what the fuck i'm talking about but two it is way <laughs> over my head so the person i'm telling it to is like <laughs> i'm gonna go now so yeah, it's it's <laughs> yeah, a definite you're like, Thanks. thing. You, you, you say yeah, it and you're like so that's smart. the thing is like that, yeah. I think that comes back to the demographic. If you're working with an athlete, they might care. They might. But if you're working with a general population, they might have a question. Answer only the question. But it's easy to slip yeah. into the idea of like, Oh, you know what else is really interesting? No, keep your rabbit hole away from me. Like it's not <laughs> Yeah, you're like, Stop. I know your passion, <laughs> yeah, yeah. stop. Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you wanna yeah. know a fun fact? yeah stop yourself right there Fun fact. yeah that's where you <laughs> it's actually funny yeah how how many uh, deep end lectures yeah. in ps level one <laughs> obviously huge shout out to them like oh, they yeah. know uh, so much man I, I learned i learned so much from them but there are definitely times where like i was like a goldfish in some of the lectures and, and that, i think that's that goes okay. to
2: speak that like obviously that's there's fine. other chiropractors there's rmts there's a basis and a gradient of knowledge and and, and capacity of knowledge in there and we're all going to understand different, but we also ha- also have to execute different amounts of that capacity because of our regulations and our standards of care model. Right. So it's they they have to offer it to everyone. But that's the thing is you're only going to take away what you understand. And technically, that's probably only the stuff you should try to use.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like if if you uh, if you're not like a physio or Cairo, like I probably don't need to be using the physio yeah. or Cairo stuff. Right, realistically. But it's great like, to know um, to, to refer. like, out, like but then like you the, yeah. know when to where refer the referral, out. referral comes in. Yeah. Exactly.
1: Yeah.
0: Exactly. I was just about to say yeah. yeah. Then you know when to refer out, right? And you could say this is way above my pay grade. But I understand there it you go. like
2: I
1: I know enough to refer out yeah. to say I don't know, but I know where to look or where to send you. And I, so
2: That's and that's huge. And that's actually oh, yeah. what my dream job is like in general, is just being like, Hey, what I'm doing is giving you the requisites to be strong and aware if you feel weakness, I want you to know that you're never going to be weak, but I am going to give you this card and you're going to go and see this guy or this woman who's going to help you get back on track. And I feel like as an industry and as myself, that's my biggest hope in business is that I have respect both from client and care provider so that we have an embodied care model that everyone can access and that they feel supported in. Because I feel like a gym floor or a coach or whatever it is, it's the missing part of what needs to take place in the health industry, which is sometimes therapy is too heavy on the side of let's talk about your weaknesses, where my therapy, quote unquote therapy, that's not regulated or registered, or I'm going to call it that, is about getting people (laughs) to a place where they're like, shit, I'm strong as fuck. And it's like, yeah, you are. Let's keep rolling with this are you strong enough to maybe talk to your doctor yeah. <laughs> about blood pressure? Are you strong enough now to talk to, you know, someone about mental health? Are you, you know, just vulnerable in, in the ways that you get to access the acknowledgement of your weaknesses to build your strengths upon? That is definitely what I'm mm-hmm. trying to facilitate like for my own business. Um, and, and that is like my largest outcome goal is just getting everyone lined up, like just, and just knowing when to refer out and then having that access. And I live in such a small community that, we have such low access that things fall through the cracks. That I'm not someone here to fill the cracks. I'm someone that wants to acknowledge the cracks existing and empower people to strive after what they need to uh, fill the cracks with. Hundred percent. You don't want to fill the cracks. You That's want to it. bridge I'm, the cracks. I'm. I'm, I'm not. Yeah. I'm, it's. We're here to well, you know hold hands well, and go to forward together. I'm definitely not leading the way, but I'm right by your side.
1: It's that confidence and capacity That's building for you know health and yeah getting them to a good spot. So it's not necessarily therapy, but it is therapeutic.
2: That's, and that's the biggest thing. Yeah, for sure. Because it's like, you, you have to know what you, you have to acknowledge your ignorance. And my ignorance is like, yeah, I touch on nutrition. Um, I do, you know, when I worked at the health access center, I did, you know, non-specific cognitive behavioral therapy, which is not meant to be used as treatment, but just awareness on how to guide a conversation. And that's still not enough. You have to acknowledge that all of these expertise have expertise but if you acknowledge what they can do for a person you can acknowledge that that person still has the capacity to go farther than you could ever get them but as a team they are infinitely goal-oriented and able to access and and achieve
0: oh yeah oh yeah i think that's yeah like um that's a big thing like i like i have um a bunch of rmts that i know like in the area um so as soon as i as, as soon as i have a client that maybe has an issue or has an injury like i refer yeah. as soon as i can and then i actually get the rmt's to like message me and i'm like hey How's like it going yeah how did it go um like what happened like what would be some things that you'd maybe mm. recommend for rehab um and then i try to get like as much possible mm. insight as i can so then i can make the program specific and like tailored to what that client needs going forward right because it could just be something that i maybe missed um and that's very possible right like i'm obviously
2: i don't well, know everything so that's one too, that's, right? uh, like a part got, of it you can only have so many lenses on at one time and and we're not meant to have a therapeutic rapport um you're meant to have a therapeutic rapport i guess you'd say but we're not meant to have like an origin of like therapy to result like i work with my buddy's a chiropractor in town that i did the podcast with last time and it was like he gets them one to five and that's pretty much where strength is like you're on the durability side from five to ten they're working with me my wife is moving in here she's a registered massage therapist as well so now i can be like you know what you're moving kind of whatever why don't you go let her look you over. Let's try to diminish some of the apprehensions that exist in your movement. Um, she'll talk to your brain because it's to the surface of your skin. And then through that movement or through like lessening that off, we'll get you worked on some just movement proficiency. If it doesn't come out, then you got to go see a chiro or a physiotherapist, right? So it's, it's just knowing that there's a strategic way to kind of build people back up to capacity.
1: Yeah, hundred percent. And I think that's one of the goals we so have too with you know, this podcast and having guests on is that we're trying to build that network of knowledge and people just because, you know, personal training, uh, in the fitness industry, especially can be quite isolating in the fact that like, you know, we do put a lot of pressure on our personal trainers to be the one-stop shop, Mm -hmm. but you know, expanding that network and the knowledge base. I I think that's why we love having you on. Why we loved having Rachel on, and why we want so many other guests. Because you know, building that network will help build up our individual clients.
2: Absolutely, and I
0: really appreciate. Yeah. It. Oh I, yeah, no. yeah. Oh, absolutely, man. Like last time when we had you on, that was that was great. And like, obviously, we want we want to have you as like a semi regular guest. So. Um, that's just one of those things. And we obviously think that you have a lot to offer and you're a smart dude and, and you're equally handsome. So why not have you on? I I (laughs)
2: wish you could see the blushing that's taking place. I, uh, it, it is, it's something that's, that's huge. Networking is, is amazing, especially when they're as working as handsome as you do. But yeah, the networking is like the most important thing. Um, because it's, yeah, you, you feel supported again. You, if you feel like you reside in one of those red seas, make it blue. All you have to do is swim up to another fish and be like, hey, man, let's not eat each other. You got some skills. You want to pair it up like that's I know so many trainers that I work with. Um, they're not my competition. Yeah. They're an ally in the expression of how are we going to get this person to where they deserve to be? If I lose a client to another trainer, I didn't lose them. Right. Like that That was better for the oh, client. Totally, man. And, and because of that, yeah. maybe I have room for a client that needs me now. Or they're more likely to refer being like, you know what I worked with. And, and it always comes back to that. And like coming on this podcast and like just listening to your podcast and things like that, it, it one, it gives us opportunity to like create some, you know, waves in our own way, in our own way of thinking. It's so healthy for us as people, um, especially in an isolated time. But on top of that, it, it does hopefully open up that conversation for people understand that like they can do anything they want. They can make any of their dreams come true, but it's probably going to come from cooperation and conversation. Yeah there you and go like that's it man
1: one thing uh before we kind of finish it up what is one goal going forward that you really want to achieve this next year with your business Ian
2: to be open um I you know what I uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> that's a good goal it's uh yeah it's a pretty sweet goal and it's and like that's not meant to be said with any shade whatsoever it's just the circumstance we're in and you kind of have to be you know stoic about these things to a degree but I, I think you know what it is? It's really hard when you start a business and it's with people. And in some ways it's just not the same to go online when they've worked with you with person. So unfortunately, when I started this, I had a lot of people that work with me, but they're not able to achieve the same things we can. So to be completely honest, I want from my business, the same thing I've always wanted from my business. And that's for people to persevere, get results, understand themselves, create a sense of vulnerability where they grow their strength. Um, I, I already have my dream job. I already am just I'm just curating how to express it um, and it's going to change over time. So I think my goal for this my gym in the future is to be a place of cooperation and consideration and just to always breed passion, performance and perspective in everyone.
1: That was beautifully said. Thanks.
0: Thank you so That's much. You,
2: McKay. Q, Q, Q applause. I can't clap. i yeah. be like, you just destroyed yeah, the mic right now, but
1: I, I was thinking the same thing.
2: That's so funny. Thanks guys. No, yeah, it, it really yeah. is like it. and I know like speaking to you guys, you wouldn't do this if you're not passionate and I want anyone to know that there's so many people that are passionate out there. If you want, Oh God, like it's so cool when you talk to people, if you ever talk to people that are just, like you said, everyone has their own passion. They're going to be weird though. <laughs> that's kind of yeah. like, yeah. don't be afraid to approach a weird person because they're probably the person that really cares and, uh, or you'll get murdered. So you really have a fine line. Um, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> They're either a murderer and a sociopath yeah. or they're uh, a really knowledgeable person. So just, just find those people and they're growing and, and give them opportunity. Like they might not have confidence right out of the gate and that's okay. Just let them know that you see their passion and you're willing to trust in them. And, and that's going to help everyone. And that's what you guys do with this podcast. Like, I'm no one really like I am thanks so much but at the same time when you invite me on it as much as I have things I only can acknowledge those things when people ask me about them so thank you so so much for everything that you've uh you, you've offered an opportunity and everything you're doing for the community that you're growing yeah, no. yeah appreciate thanks that you right. so much
0: we're just, we're just honestly we're just we're just trying our best to to give mm-hmm. give back a little bit and I think like our, our main goal with this was just to be able to give some advice and give some perspective to people that are just starting out like stuff that we wish we both had access to when we we were starting out. Um, and that's honestly like all we can do, man. Like (laughs) our, our, honestly, our goal for every podcast is to be a little bit better than the last one. And that's honestly like when we talk about it, that's what we're trying. Cause like we both know that like, we're still so new to this that we're not going to be, we're not going to be amazing, but like we're just shooting to be a little bit better than we were last time. We're always
1: learning. Yeah and it's it's also just self-development 101 we want to do that with ourselves like expand that knowledge base that we have by one percent make the podcast this uh better by learning you know xyz skill just you know doing that one percent better i think just as humans not even from the business perspective Mm -hmm. is just so essential for us
0: absolutely yeah i think one thing that was actually really cool was um Tanner mentioned that there was somebody that like said that he liked our podcast and that he wanted to be on it. And that was actually like pretty cool. Like, I mean, obviously we're not a big podcast or anything, but like it felt pretty neat just to know that people are like listening and that they like they've acknowledged it and that we have like a little bit of an audience. So like that just felt, felt cool. And like
2: anyone who's listening (laughs) needs to know that they have that capacity if they follow their passion and they want to have conversations about it. People are waiting to be involved in conversations and sometimes they're not vulnerable enough to open up about them. And I know me and Thayer have talked about this on one of our podcasts, just in the sense of like, if you allow people to listen to a conversation that they might not have to participate in, where they might feel more vulnerable, they're going to walk away with information. They're going to walk away with a little more confidence or they're going to walk away with the right type of questions and, and you're only helping them grow. So podcasts are amazing for that because I'm not, sometimes if you listen to a podcast, you can't get into an argument right? You just kind of have to listen to the end of the discussion. And that's really where a lot of the finer nuance details and and ability to grow. You can't really grow when you know, you grow when you learn. So if you walk into a conversation knowing you're kind of already shut down. So podcasts do that. And that's, that's why these are awesome. And you guys are awesome. So yeah, that's so cool, man. Congratulations. And whoever, like, that's the thing is you have more people listening than I think you even could acknowledge, right? Like it's, and random people probably.
1: Yeah, I think probably some random, uh, yeah, for sure. It's uh, yeah. Our main base is probably people that we relatively know, but that's pretty common for when we start, start off. out, man,
2: yeah. And thanks to them.
1: Yeah, yeah thank you to all the listeners oh, yeah. out H- there. Huge so, shout-out to, to listeners, Including mom. Thanks, yeah. mom.
2: Shout-out mamas. Thanks, moms. Mama Day coming up soon. Yeah. Don't forget Mother's Day.
1: <laughs> yeah, do not forget Mother's Day. <laughs> that's right. Before we completely finish this off yes. where can people find you i know we talked about your podcast mm-hmm. a little bit and uh i i'm not sure but do you have a youtube channel too
2: so i don't have it finished up yet but you can check out reflection studio on youtube um as well as you can check out reflection studio on uh on like anchor and spotify it's called reflection radio um reflection with an x um and then yeah my ig is just ian.mckay underscore um, and that's going to kind of give you more of my uh me being me really like i said i don't really put out good good videos but i try to put out like you know small mindset kind of things that i that i think about so yeah check me out there i really appreciate everything just like uh just like you guys it's always so amazing to hear that people might want to listen to what we have to say and, and and that's like that's that's what's beautiful about it so thanks for the opportunity guys yeah thank you if
0: if we don't if we don't bore you we all appreciate that yeah. that's yeah. the biggest thing
2: this is healthy for us <laughs> but at the same time hopefully yeah. someone gets out of it yeah
1: <laughs> yeah exactly and fun for
0: us <laughs> that's
2: uh, the whole point
1: hopefully someone at home also has fun listening absolutely. to this Absolutely.
0: keep you sane during lockdown and help you learn some some things for sure but as as always man we really appreciate you coming on and uh, thanks for making the time and we'll definitely oh, have to have you on yeah, again thanks soon thanks
2: so much thanks gents
0: alright man thank you